Welcome to It Is Rough Out There, Season 4, Episode 1. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh my goodness. Are we there already? We're there. But we have a lot to be thankful for. My name is Kelly. My name is Kim. And today we're going to talk about pets and Thanksgiving and maybe how grateful we are for, for our own community. Absolutely. We have a wonderful community here in town. And I have a funny little story, Kelly. Uh oh. So every year we go to my aunt and uncle's house in Randolph, Massachusetts for Thanksgiving. Oh, this is like the fire guy uncle, right? Well, my uncle, he just retired. He was a principal (gasps) and vice principal. So he's retired. Um, One of his sons, uh, he and I share the same birthday. He's a firefighter. Okay. So this is my father's youngest brother. Uh, Paul, and he's also my godfather. Oh, yes. I met Paul. When you he met was Paul. here when visiting Graham. Yeah. So um, every year they have done Thanksgiving for a very long time after Graham did Thanksgiving for a very long time. And we used to always go to her house. My sisters and I would go and help set up the table and everything for Graham. We used to peel things and do things with her. But then, you know, as time went on, it was getting to be too much. So then people would start to have Thanksgiving at their own home. So Paul and Kathy have graciously accepted the challenge. Well, I was thinking about that whole, we got to peel things and set the table at Graham's. And I'm thinking to myself, how many kids did your mom have? So Graham had five children. Your mother. My mother had four children. And she was like, it's Thanksgiving Day. I have so much to do. Go over to Graham's house. Well, the good (laughs) thing was that Graham needed a lot of help. We helped her set the table because having, you know, Graham having five children, her, my grandmother's mother would be with us. Oh, wow. Um, Sometimes, you know, there would be 30 plus people. We had random, you know, tables table upon table upon table so oh wow yeah it was it was definitely a great thing and as time has gone on it's gotten smaller and smaller right um and especially with the pandemic we didn't um do thanksgiving with them last year uh jamie and i had my brother john and uh, my sister-in-law mel over and which was lovely but it was really small (laughs) so you know one of those things that we look forward to is being with each other Right. right. And I love Thanksgiving because you don't have to worry about gifts. <laughs> it does make it a little bit easier. Definitely. We we have uh, an immediate family of, well, let's see, my husband has three siblings. There's four of them, then there's four s- spouses, so that's eight, father-in-law, nine, ten, and then there's 11 kids. So 21 is just the immediate family, and now they're starting to be engaged or dating seriously. So it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Mm-hmm. Um, one quick funny story the time my husband met my family my parents at the time were living in northern Maine and when we got back from Thanksgiving up there when he was introduced to the family and my mom's extended family lived up there on a farm all on like on farms and in towns and my cousin owned the bakery and it's just a really fun small town uh, experience but my husband came back his mom said to him so how did it go he was like well it was really nice you know everybody was really nice it's like he said well tell me about their thanksgiving dinner and his response was 
there were more pies than there were people. <laughs> and there were a lot of people. <laughs> oh my gosh, pies are so wonderful. My mother makes the best apple pie. And for years, my parents didn't go to Thanksgiving because they were in Florida. Already down there. This year, they're back um, here and not in Florida. So hopefully, Karen, Karen. Did you make an apple pie? Is she coming through with the apple pie? We hope so. We hope so, because they're fantastic. So this year, Kelly, you know me. I'm not a cook. I I mean, I have four. I was wondering what they assigned you, because your family does the assignment thing. I am assigned cake, and it's my nephew's birthday, and he picked strawberry whipped cream, so I don't think we're having pie. But what are you making? So I was assigned, I feel like I'm always the derelict family member, because they (laughs) know that I don't cook. Bring the veggie crudite and don't cut yourself. Yeah, so I've made like the squash casserole, which is good, Um, and I've made the green bean casserole, because I feel like that's pretty easy, right? So this year, um, my uncle sends me a message and says, hey, can you make the corn casserole? And I'm like, huh? (laughs) Like, what the heck is corn casserole? And then you ask your friends, and most of us were like, corn what? And, And Jamie was like, what's corn casserole and meanwhile i'm really not a big corn eater i love corn on the cob but i'm not one to be like oh my god i can't wait to have corn right so when my uncle asked um we were going back and forth with text messaging and he's like i'm never gonna live this down am i and i'm like no you're not because because i have no idea what it is and now i'm gonna put it on facebook so i need to know i need to take a poll and find out what is it and what are your recipes, right? Right. So I want to thank... You crowdsourced the answer. I totally did. And I thought that that was really smart, right? Because yeah, we got a lot of answers. I had over 50 answers. And some of them were like, I honestly don't know what the heck it is either. So I'm glad... And my I- response was, I'm pretty sure he meant corn pudding like at Coach Grill. Right. So um, what I did is I, first off, before I put anything on Facebook, as I looked through, I have four cookbooks. Why do you have four cookbooks, Kim? Because I I don't think you cook. (laughs) So I got my first cookbook when I worked for the Boston Globe. I worked in advertising um, in college. And when I left to move on, they gave me a cookbook. And I actually used, there is a spinach lasagna in here. That's awesome. So if anybody wants that recipe, I have that. My brother-in-law, Matt, is a chef. And he has a book called Wicked Good Food by Matt Williams. We are putting a plug in for Matt because he's fantastic. <laughs> um, he even put a little, you know, good little note in here for us, probably knowing that I'm not a cook. And then my sister-in-law, I, I, I'm just amazed the number of people that I'm surrounded by. Like, you're a great cook as well. Well, I'm, I'm more of a baker. I can okay. cook to mm-hmm. say, like, I can follow a recipe, but I'm, I would have to say I'm most known for cookies and cakes. Um, excuse me, but I've been to your house for dinner. I know. Have you been to my house for dinner? Mm-hmm. Breakfast. Bre- oh, right. Uh, breakfast. Yeah, I've done breakfast. And you cooked because we I had those like toad in a hole things. Yeah. 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 I can do crafty, breakfast. I thought. I can do breakfast. And then I want to thank my sister in law, Mel, who works for America's Test Kitchen. My favorite. I have two of their cookbooks. Oh, my gosh. So she has, the- she gave me this book. It's called Kitchen Hacks, which is really good. Um, and, um, Sorry to say, 
haven't used any of it because <laughs> I don't really need to do any kitchen hacks since I don't do any cooking or baking, right? I'm going to explain that whole thing to you okay. after the podcast. Okay. Because they are important. Keep that book. Okay. But. And then I got this other book, which I think was from one of the Yankee Swaps um, mm. with either my family or Jamie's family. And it's called the Cape Cod Cookbook. And it is all these different cool recipes um and we was this this the book that you found the yeah i was like corn pudding they have a lot of corn influence in their in their like foodie stuff down there so i looked it up and sure enough it's the first time i've ever seen a corn pudding recipe well i have to say i have used this recipe a lot because one of my favorite things to eat in the world is salmon really love salmon um and there's a betty's salmon in the Cape Cod cookbook on page 81, if anybody likes salmon. It's delish. I always judge a cookbook, especially ones that have everything in it. I go right to the fudge recipe. Oh, and it's, fudge. And it's depending on what their fudge recipe is, usually will tell me whether or not, A, I'm capable of using this cookbook. Because for a long time, I wouldn't use a candy thermometer. Or B, if it was just like a shortcut cookbook. Mm-hmm. But I do love the America's Test Kitchen. They're like almost like, what do they say, fail safe. Mm-hmm. Because they not only give you the recipe, but they tell you why mm-hmm. in like the in a sidebar. Or they'll say, we use this vanilla extract as opposed to this vanilla extract. Because we find this to be more, you know, and they rate it like wine. Mm-hmm. When I just only ever thought there was one brand of vanilla extract. Wow. In the world. But. Well, I did too. I make it now. Like you can use that bottle of vodka that you bought for that fun summer drink and then it's still kicking around three years later because nobody finished the bottle. Oh you can gosh. put it in a in a little flask with some vanilla beans. Oh my gosh. You're going to have to invite me over when you make fudge. Well, I will. And I'm actually going to make, I was just thinking about making it this weekend for Thanksgiving, some um, like Kahlua fudge, but I made the coffee extract out of... Um, some alcohol and some special coffee that I had. So mm-hmm. it's it's been fermenting for months. Yes. Delish. So I wanted to thank all the people on Facebook that reached out and had um, or sent me private messages or emails about the corn casserole, corn pudding, corn something. My cousin Kevin <laughs> sent me a picture of um, creamed corn and said, it's put a, it in a bowl. Open the can and open put it in the my can. Put, I was like, okay, yeah, okay. I come from... You know a, what would be funny, though, is if you did do that and then put it on the table until your uncle sees it and goes, wait, what? And you're like, but this is what I remember being on the table. Oh, my gosh. What Just a good kidding. idea. Anyways. What a good idea. Such a prankster. So I wanted to thank, of course, my sister-in-law, Mel, Melissa, Laura, um, Jean, Chris Ann, cousin Kevin, Matt, my brother-in-law, um, who has that lovely cookbook. And the the one recipe that I chose, Kelly, do you know why I chose this recipe? I don't. We haven't even looked at it. I'm so, so excited. So the recipe I chose was the simplest. <laughs> it had the fewest ingredients, <laughs> and it seemed the most fail-free, um, right? So my friend Antonia that I grew up with, um, she was a year ahead of me in school, in elementary school. And uh, she, somebody's over at the door again. <laughs> she, um, we grew up together and she sent me this wonderful recipe. So um, I thought that maybe we, I asked her if it was okay to share it. So it is for, it's called uh, corn pudding. 
It is a half a cup of butter softened, a fourth a cup of sugar, two Eglin's best eggs, one cup, uh, which is also eight ounces of sour cream, one package, eight to eight and a half ounces of cornbread muffin mix, a half a cup of 2% milk, one can of whole kernel corn drained, and then one can of cream style corn. And uh, you preheat for 325 in a large bowl, put everything together, I believe, um, fold in the corn, which you're going to have to explain to me how I fold it. I will teach you how to fold. And pour into a greased baking dish, bake uncovered for 45 to 50 minutes. How big is that baking dish? Uh, and do you three own one? Qu- three quart baking dish. And you can tell me if I have one. Okay. I almost brought you a pan. If I have a bunch of pans, I just don't know how to use them. I will so, teach you. Thank you so much. So for those of you that didn't know that I wasn't a cook or a baker, now you know. <laughs> And I've been arguing with Kim for a couple of years that I think she knows exactly what to do. And this is all a ploy because she just doesn't want to be sewn into being the cook in her house. Well, you know, it was interesting when I first got married. You know, I never really was a cook like ever. My mother was I a fantastic. I don't think any of us were before we got married. Well, and my mother was a fantastic cook. And I just was very lucky enough to eat her fantastic food. And then when Jamie and I got married, he's a ve- he was a very picky eater. So every time I made something, he'd be like, don't really like that. And I'd be like, oh, great. Okay, I slaved all day over it. Thanks a lot. <laughs> so finally, after a while, and I understand what my mother was saying when we were growing up about um, if you don't like what I have slaved over all day and made, you can make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which my mother was. men. Yeah. So my mother was very, very, very adamant about that, which As an adult, I understand why my mother did a lot of the things that she did. And I am not surprised that she did because having somebody that is such a picky eater is not easy when you've slaved all day over something and you wish that they would eat it. That's a great idea, right? Yeah. Um, So I just got frustrated and stopped cooking because I honestly felt like, number one, I'm not a great cook. (laughs) And number two, he doesn't like what I'm making. So, And then having a stepson who was also a very picky eater and basically liked, you know, um, chicken chicken nuggets nuggets and and mac and cheese, cheese, that was pretty easy. I could do those two things pretty easily. So, um, yeah. My son son who's getting married next year, he uh, was a big chicken nugget and mac and cheese only, mostly only Annie's um, eater. And then graduated to a few other things. Like he would eat steak or he would eat chicken. But that really was about it. Mm-hmm. And we had a pediatrician who was like, hey, I'm a doctor. I ate ketchup and that was the only vegetable <laughs> I ever ate. So, And I'm doing okay. So she didn't ever make a big stink about it. And so neither did we. And um, he met a girl um, summer of, I think, after eighth grade. And uh, she also only liked white things like him. Mm-hmm. And now they both like can actually go to a restaurant and order a civilized meal. They kind of grew up in the eating thing together. So yeah. that's it's so good. nice that they broadened there. Yeah. Thing. So um, I think that, you know, later after the podcast episode, because obviously we're not going to be making anything with our podcast equipment. Oh, I thought this was going to be like Julia Child. Oh, you really can't do that in podcasting. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but what we'll do is we can make it after the podcast episode. 
we can then put it online. We can take pictures of what yeah. we've done, and um, we give the we give the shout out to Antonia for um, sharing this an awesome rest, an awesome family yeah. recipe. Do you think that um, dogs and cats should be eating corn casserole? Okay? No, too much fat. Too, too much, much fat. fat. And we all know what comes after too much fat on the holidays mm-hmm. is mega, mega, mega diarrhea. Do you happen to have a list of things that uh, well, you know, we I should avoid? I have a little like do's and don'ts here. I've seen a few of them around and, you know, and I understand kind of the common sense rules. But one of the biggies is no chocolate. Oh, absolutely. No and, you chocolate. Know, before we go any further, the first thing I want to say is containment. Mm-hmm. Because in the dog rescue world, I will guarantee you there'll be more dogs missing on Thursday afternoon mm-hmm. while I'm trying to sit down with my family than any other day this week. Because right. your cousins are coming over, they don't have a dog. Your teenage kids have friends over, they don't have a dog. And they leave the they door wide they open. They live in a barn and mm-hmm. they leave the door wide open. Yeah. So baby gates, mm-hmm. containment, and trust me when I tell you that your dog is not going to hate you for more than about a minute and a half by being put up in a bedroom if you have to if you're going to take the dog and go somewhere mm-hmm. put them up in a bedroom bring them something to occupy them like a puzzle food game or a um a, a kong. frozen a, a kong a frozen kong that's well stuffed and that's a little bit like an art form to that that you can look up on youtube but containment 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 really think about where the dogs are going to be outside if you have small dogs coming to visit you walk your fence line and make sure it's safe Anyways, I'll get off my soapbox. But no, that's very important information for sure. And if you're going to take your dog to a place Same that is thing. unfamiliar yeah. to you and your dog, just make sure that you have your dog on what is that kind of collar called, Kelly? Oh, a martingale collar and a six foot leash. No mm-hmm. retractables, please, because those are you dangerous. You can't control your dog at the end of a yeah. retractable. They're dangerous on a, on a bunch of levels, and mm-hmm. I think that's an episode in and of itself. But but let's get back to what they can and cannot eat. Okay. Um, so no chocolate. Right. They can have some turkey. I personally hold back a little bit of skin, and I don't give them any of the gravy. And no there's gravy. no stuffing because there's onions in the stuffing. Right. No bones. Uh, bones are not safe, especially cooked bones. Mm-hmm. They can have most fruits, um, but not grapes and raisins. They can eat most vegetables. Um, dogs love mashed potatoes. My dogs do. Um, but but just be, be careful, careful especially right? if especially Thanksgiving Day mashed potatoes because they usually have all the butter and all the cream and right. onions or scallions and mm-hmm. you just don't want to get into that. But they can eat plain broccoli, carrots, asparagus, celery, cucumber, green beans. My daughter has her dog on a diet. She's using blueberries as treats. Mm-hmm. Um, my dogs love blueberries. No, my dogs are like, what are you kidding me? <laughs> Wally likes lettuce. <laughs> yeah, my dogs like lettuce with Caesar dressing on it. Um, al- no alliums, um, so a.k.a. onions. So anything in the onion family is not good for dogs at all, ever. Um, you can give them a little bit of macaroni and cheese. I don't even know why that's on here, but be careful of anything with artificial su- sweeteners in it. Xylitol is a no-no. Yeah, and it's in like if your grandmother comes and she has like sugar-free candies or sugar-free peanut butter, um, or sugar-free Jello, and yeah. she's made a Jello mold. Right. Oh yeah. Stay away. And then put Cool Whip in it. Mm, yeah. That's so sugar-free. Good. Sugar-free. Uh, cool Whip. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then pumpkin. Pumpkin is just plain yummy for dogs. It's good for their digestive systems and it can soothe a troubled tummy and double as a delicious delectable. I actually put it in an ice cube mold and I freeze them in like table, you know, kind of like we did when I made baby food Mm -hmm. and I'll take them out and either put them on their food or give them to them as like a distraction to go outside while someone's coming in the front door. But Mm Be careful what you're giving the dogs. Probably stay away from nuts and, you know, just be sensible about it. Your dog is not standing there drooling because they want a Thanksgiving dinner. They really want your attention. Yes, exactly. And if you're like, my dogs love the sound of me chopping things. (laughs) And I think because they know that it's probably a carrot or, you know, they love carrots. They love cucumbers, things like that. So I usually put a couple aside for them. So I have a question because I can remember as a kid, um, asking my mom if I could make, like whenever I was going through the line and making a plate, if I could make a plate for the dog. So mm-hmm. of course I would think that putting gravy on the mashed potatoes and chicken or turkey would be something they would love. But I imagine the ER is probably full of sick dogs that night. Yes. Is it, do you guys get a rush that We weekend? do. We get a lot of um, vomiting, pain, dogs yeah. that are super painful. Um, they then lose their appetite. Um, because they're so painful and usually that's a sign of pancreatitis an inflammation or you know their their pancreas is really um, irritated right and our dog um, toby was just hospitalized for pancreatitis Mm. and we don't even we don't feed him food scraps we don't feed him anything he's on a bland diet Um, it just happened to be that um, we were giving him a new bland diet Mm. but it's a little bit too fatty for his system because it has like a like it's a fish-based right. gastrointestinal diet. So I, as somebody that works in the ER, is usually pretty fastidious and very careful about what I give my dogs. But um, this particular diet was a little bit too fatty for him. And he ended up in the hospital Aww. with a hunched back, vomiting. He had a little bit of diarrhea. So um, he stayed in the hospital and had an ultrasound. And sure enough, it showed that he had an acute case of pancreatic so and that is i mean he's so little but even in the big guys that is such a painful thing for dogs and so avoidable and especially like i have a couple of friends who will tell me stories about when their mother comes or their grandmother or neighbor who just really is has a soft spot for the dog and they're always kind of like sneaking things off their plate Mm -hmm. and giving it to the dog and uh, the last time I, one of our dogs had pancreatitis, I'm pretty sure that's what happened, is I had a bunch of, mm-hmm. you know, 9 to 12-year-old nieces and nephews, and they thought it was funny and yeah. cute. And so containment. Yes. Containment is good on so many levels. That would work for that, too. Right. And definitely, um, you know, making sure that, you know, if you have a dog that tends to have trouble, you know, eating anything that's out of the ordinary from their normal diet, don't give them anything extra just to save them the pain of going through something like that and to save you and to save you a vet bill. But you know what, Kelly, Um, if you're ever worried about something like pancreatitis or something like that, you can always do a telehealth call with the folks from Pet VRA Telehealth app. They're going to be so busy this year because they've really launched a great product and have done a great job of getting their name out there. And it's going to be a wonderful like sounding board for people, especially that can't get to, I mean, we're so lucky where we live that there's emergency vets 
you know, nearby that are open 24-7, and that mm-hmm. isn't going to be the case for everybody. No, and, you know, we've talked on this podcast episode a number of times that there are days that we have to go um, into diversion. Right. Thankfully, we haven't had to do it often because we try to make sure that we have enough staff and everything. But and there diversion are, is? That diversion is not being able to be to see anything unless it's life-threatening. Um, and sometimes that happens at some of these, um, emergency facilities is they're at capacity. So, um, you know, if you are worried about your pet, you can go to petvra.co, look them up online, and then it will direct you where to go to get the app, to sign up. Sign up your and pet. You can find it in the Apple Store and the Google Store Absolutely. on your phone. And honestly, just do yourself a favor and go ahead and download it now. You can I set up accounts with both of my dogs so I was able to data input, you know, their name, their date of birth and um, their current weight and uh, vaccine records. And so A, it also gives me, you know, in case there's an incident somewhere, mm-hmm. I also have their rabies vaccine information right with me. Right. But it's good to have so that if you have to make the call, it's already set up. And you know what was really good is that there was one point I was a little nervous about Nora because she had a vaccine reaction. And I did one of the um, appointments with her and it was great. And they oh. were very helpful and it was good because it was just a peace of mind. And I kind of knew what to do anyway, but right. I just wanted to you make sure. Validation. I right. needed validation because I'm not a veterinarian. I'm not a vet tech, so... Um, even though I do work at the emergency hospital and, you know, I've learned an awful lot by being there for almost 10 years now, I can't believe, um, it was very helpful to have an appointment with them for Nora. Nora's over here snuggling me. Yes. Keeping me warm. (laughs) Good girl, Nora. Such a good girl. Yeah. So, um, make sure that you just, number one, keep your dogs safe, keep them from escaping. Keep them away from your mother-in-law. Keep them away from your mother-in-law or, you know, whoever that family member is. That could be a little bit uh, it's everyone in my house. Shady. <laughs> Keep your pets away from the people that like to feed your dogs, yeah. even though you've told them not to. I was going to say containment is, is a benefit on so many levels mm-hmm. from, you know, younger children than your dogs are used to that might be around or even rambunctious teenagers that your dogs aren't used to and and keeping them in you know on a leash inside or whatever it takes to make sure that they're safe too what are you doing for thanksgiving i uh we were invited to my sister-in-law's in westford and i'm looking forward to it we haven't all been together in quite some time because of covid but i'm a little bit i'm a little excited because i got to make max's 21st birthday cake but of course if i make your birthday cake you get to pick and so I was like, "Ooh, a pumpkin spice cream cheese, Ooh, maybe a carrot cake." That sounds yummy. No, strawberries and whipped cream, please, on pound cake or sponge cake. Like he oh, wants that a, good. he wants like a really summery kind of a cake. Well, you know, we'll have to do an episode for for Christmas, the holidays, Hanukkah, some of the things that people like to make. Oh, and I'm going to make pizzelles. Ooh, my yummy. grandmother's recipe. Yummy, yummy. Dust off the iron from last year and make some. Make a stack of pizzelles, you know, those loose mm-hmm. snowflake cookies. Well, Jamie's family makes this. Um, it's a cake. It's an ice cream cake with peppermint. Um, peppermint stick ice peppermint cream. Peppermint stick ice cream. And I need to get the recipe for my mother-in-law because one year for my birthday, Jamie made it for me. Oh. <gasps> 
And then you get this hot fudge yeah. that you put on. Oh, my. Do you put, like, cookie crumbles in between the layers or anything? No, but maybe we could figure out how to do that. Because oh, my can... birthday's coming up in January, I so. Know. I could totally make that cake for you. Oh, that would be. Unless amazing. Jamie wants to. I will defer. No, I, th- I think that Jamie would be happy if you made it. <laughs> I think it was a struggle that he made it that year, which was so nice. So um, I will let you all know how the corn casserole comes out. Again, we thank Antonio for the uh, wonderful recipe. And we wish you all a wonderful Thanksgiving. Happy and safe Thanksgiving. And thank you for for keeping keeping us out of the doghouse. 